Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief. Today's entrepreneurs and business leaders face change and transition as a constant part of daily life. Inspired by stories of today's military veterans and service members, we embark on a journey to explore their transformations and equip ourselves with new ideas and motivation towards mastering the challenge of working with dynamic and changing environments. Here's the host of the Leadership Update Brief and the guide to your journey, Ed Brixie. Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. I'm Ed Brixey. In today's episode, we have a guest from the CXPA, and we discuss what attitudes are the most important during times of change and transition. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. The golden rule regarding change is that it's constant. It's always there, and what makes it more challenging is that it continually aggregates. One change leads to another, leads to another, and then leads to another. It is constant only in the fact that it exists. How it exists and what it brings to the table is always different from one moment to the next. How do we face this? Change for change's sake never works, but if we remain idle, change will occur without us. Transformation starts and ends with our efforts, but managing this transformation, be it personal or business, is incredibly difficult. It requires two things, patience and diligence. We have to bring these two attitudes into our transformation efforts. There's an older, if you count 2016 as older, article from McKinsey, Transformation with a capital T by Michael Bussey, Stephen Hall, and Doug Yacola. I love how this report concludes. There is no going back. For many transformation efforts in business and life, this is where we find ourselves, right back where we started. The article mentions the transformation office, the hub of the leadership team where everyone gets together to discuss efforts, make sure everything is moving according to plan, and that everyone remains accountable for their piece. The author, authors say this office is marked with grit, discipline, energy, and focus. These attitudes are great. Grit, discipline, energy, and focus will take us, but they won't take us all the way. There's one reason for this, and it's summed up by an old favorite of mine from Murphy's Laws of Combat, one of which is that no plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. It's correct. Every change effort changes in and of itself. We don't know what the future holds and most of the time, we can only find out by taking concrete steps to get there. This is the aspect of change and transformation where patience and diligence come in and are most applicable and most important. How many change efforts, how many projects have you been involved with in your organization where you wind up right back where you started? We had all this change. We had all this dream. And suddenly, in the end, nothing changed. We're right back to our old ways. It happens all the time in every organization. Why does this happen, though? We all enter these things with best intention, but there's no diligence and no ad adaptability towards the second and third order effects of the changes we're going through. B. 
because we can't account for everything and everyone's reactions. Remaining diligent and tying up the loose ends, adapting as necessary, and having the patience to get through the difficulties pays dividends in the end. We have to see our efforts through to full effect. We have to recognize that the original attempt can quickly morph into something completely different. And as long as we're on top of the changes and constantly moving forward, learning, and adapting, we can make sure that what it morphs into is not a poor copy of where we started. Our guest today is a commander in the U.S. Naval Reserve and currently acting as the marketing director for the Customer Experience Professionals Association. But this is very little of her background. From transitioning out of the Navy, moving to Texas, moving to Ohio, transitioning jobs for a second time, growing her family, finding her way into the reserves, deploying and re-entering the workforce yet again, our guest today has done it all and remained at the top of our game. Leslie Likens has experienced change as few others have and is now the marketing director for the Customer Experience Professionals Association. She brings incredible insights into her journey and some profound thoughts about change, transition, and the gap between the military and our civilian lives. We'll be right back with our interview with Commander Leslie Likens. Hi, and welcome back to the Leadership Update Brief. I have the distinct pleasure of being here today with Leslie Likens. She is the marketing director of the CXPA, that's the Customer Experience Professional Association, and currently serving as a commander in the U.S. Naval Reserve. Leslie, great to have you here with us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. No, absolutely. The honor is all mine. We've had a couple great conversations now, and your story of coming out of the service, you're back in the reserves now, finding your place within your new organization. It's a great one. Um, share a little bit of that with us real quick. Sure. What was some of the first feelings when you were leaving the service? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I left um, active duty at the 10-year mark, um, and that was in 2011. I was stationed at the Pentagon doing public affairs for the Navy. Um, and I just remember... It, it seemed like the right time for my family. I was the mother of two children. I was pregnant with our third child. Um, my husband was not active duty, but he had been in the service for four years, so he understood what the commitment was. Um, but it just seemed like it was time. I, I was looking probably at a deployment in the next year or so, um, and I just really wanted to put my family first. And so um, after that tour at the Pentagon, I decided to separate and leave active duty. Um, and I just remember at the time thinking, you know, it felt so surreal because the military becomes your life and you look to it for so much, um, I don't know, consistency and security. So when you look to separate from the military, it's just so overwhelming because you really think, you know, how am I going to keep going? How is our family going to be okay? How are we going to have medical insurance? How am I going to have a steady income? Um, you know, when, when you leave, I, even to the point where you don't even know what you're going to wear because you're so used to wearing a uniform every day. So I just remember thinking how, how amazed I was as I was driving away from Washington, DC that, oh yeah, there is life after the military. Like, I just remember thinking that, oh, wow, they're you're like, you really do still keep going on. <laughs> so it was quite a change. <laughs> it was really No, absolutely. I think every one of us, when we leave the service, just feels that just surreal sense. You get handed that DD-214, you're on your way off post, and there's just the excitement of what's coming up before you. But again, just that 
consistency is completely gone. I mean, when you wake up, you know what your training calendar looks like. And suddenly, wait a minute, when I wake up tomorrow, I don't have to be at PT at six o'clock in the morning. What am I going to do? Right. Right. And it is, it's a little bit overwhelming, but of course, family coming first makes total sense. What were some of the th- some of those things that you experienced on day one after leaving the service there? Um, so, so we, um, so I piled the two kids into the car. My husband had gone ahead to um, make them move for us and was looking for places for us to stay in Texas. Um, and he also, of course, was looking for a job too. Um, he'd gotten really good at finding things every time we moved, which was really challenging for him. Um, and so I had a job lined up. It was a company that I was familiar with from my time in the Navy. So I was um, I was all ready to go, and we packed up our our car. We'd had already had the military movers there for the last time, um, and we just headed off to Texas. And <laughs> I had never lived in Texas before, and um, and I was very pregnant at the time too with our third child. And so I just remember like just doing all of those final closeout things. Like I just had my interview with the rep to do my medical disability evaluation, um, just making sure all of the paperwork was done. I literally put on um, 04 my last day at the Pentagon. So that was kind of surreal. <laughs> I um, just a lot of a lot of admin, a lot of paperwork, a lot of long lists to make sure that everything was, um, you know, they're good to go. So it was just a lot of details that you had to keep track of. And, um, and I was trying to do that while I was really pregnant, moving with two children. <laughs> it was not easy. So that just compounds the details even more <laughs> right there. It's scary how quick all of those little details add up. And then suddenly, and then for your first job in Texas, you said you're in Ohio now. And what happened there? That's something that's not particularly unusual with a lot of veterans. We think we're coming out. We think we're going to have some stability going forward, but that first job always seems to yeah. trip us up. Yeah. What it's happened? so funny. I'd had somebody tell me that too. just a couple months before I left active duty, they said, well, you know that hardly any military service member stays in their first job for more than six months. And I, I laughed. <laughs> I shrugged my shoulders. I was like, no, no, I know this company. Well, I'm going to love the job. Everything is going to be great. <laughs> so, um, so we got to Texas and I had decided to stay in the reserve because they were offering a, you know, a a free six months of TRICARE if you went reserve following your active duty service. And um, being pregnant, I thought that would be genius. You know, <laughs> I'll just stay in, co- cover the pregnancy, and then I will I will leave the reserve mm-hmm. because I just couldn't imagine um, having one foot in and one foot out. I'd, I'd been on active duty. I'd worked with a lot of reservists, but I just couldn't imagine doing that myself. I was either all in or all out. So I stayed for the medical care, went to this new company. Um, I, I enjoyed the people that I worked with there and, and that was great, but it felt very, um, like I, I really like, you know, challenging, innovative opportunities to bring your creativity to the, you know, to the table. And this was very much, um, process oriented. They just needed somebody else to continue to keep the wheel turning. Um, and I lost, you know, the leadership that I'd had before in the military. I wasn't, you know, leading a team or something like that. And it just felt I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't the right fit. Um, and then on top of that, we were in Texas with soon to be three children and both my husband's family and my family are in Ohio. Um, and it just didn't seem realistic that we'd be able to get our 
whole family back and forth to visit the grandparents on a regular basis. So we decided about four months in that we were just going to up and move to Ohio, um, that it was, it, you know, it wasn't right for us in Texas and we would figure out what we, what we would do on the way. And so we had the baby and then immediately started selling everything we owned because this time the military wasn't going to move us. <laughs> so it was not easy. <laughs> it's not easy at all. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it's the right. best laid plans, right? You think everything's going to go well. And then it sounds like it was just pure culture shock. Like you had some ideas on what you were getting into, but all of a sudden when reality came about, it was completely different than the Yeah. And I think you have this new kind of liberating freedom in all of it too, because to think that you can move, that you can leave a job, you know what I mean? Like you, now you have that ability. So you can say that something doesn't feel right and you can make that change yourself. Now it's going to cost more. <laughs> it's going to be expensive for your family, but you mm -hmm. can do that when you're a civilian. So no, absolutely. You've got quite a bit more freedom. But again, the responsibility and the cost side of that is dramatic. What led you into the CXP? Oh, it's crazy how that. it all worked out. But but I was I literally gave the this um this boss in Texas notification that my family was going to move to Ohio um, after only being there for four months. And at the same time, our, our newborn baby, our third child was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, um, which is a deadly genetic disease. And so the TRICARE medical insurance saved us. <laughs> and so, um, so I had that, no, um, I had that safety net that helped us out and we decided to make the move anyway. Um, and about a week before we left Texas, that boss um, said, hey, you know, I have a friend who's looking for somebody that can get this organization up and running for them. And they don't care where in the country you work from. Would you be interested? And, and I said, sure. It sounded great. Anything sounded great at that point, as long as they didn't care if I worked from Ohio. So um, I started doing interviews um, as we were selling selling stuff and packing up our house. And I remember we were driving a U-Haul and we get to a rest stop in Arkansas. And that's where the the CXPA co-founders called to offer me the position. Um, and I said, sure. And they wanted me to start on Monday. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. And we were moving to Ohio. We were going to move in with my parents who live so far out that internet doesn't reach them yet, <laughs> cable internet. So I remember thinking, you know, we're going to really have to get our act together when we get there and so that I can make this happen. And um, it has just been such a blessing. Um, it's, it was a perfect fit for me. And it really complemented the work that I had done with the Navy while I was at the Pentagon. So tell us a little bit more about that. The Customer Experience Professional Association. What yeah. is customer so, experience? Um, customer experience isn't a term that you hear a lot in the military, <laughs> although I think that'll change. You know, I think um, a lot of federal government agencies are looking more and more into how they influence um, cut their customer experience. Um, and it's become sort of a buzzword over the last year for organizations. It's really about um, what is the journey that your customers are taking when they are interacting with your company and where are the pain points that they're running into along the way and how do you help alleviate those pain points um, and make things a better experience for customers? Um, same, you know, that goes hand in hand with employee experience as well. So ensuring that your employees feel valued, committed, um, and that they are satisfied because then they will help improve your overall customer's experience as well. Um, and I think where I thought that it really, um, 
it really complemented the work that I had done before at the Pentagon was in that I had stood up um, social media for the Navy. That was my last active duty role. And so in 2010, 2009, we were getting a lot of great um, feedback in social media, but there really wasn't, it didn't seem like there was any place to take that feedback or do anything with it. And so I was so gratified to see that companies and organizations in the corporate world were um, using all of that, what they call voice of the customer, and they were doing things with that to improve the overall organization. And that just really um, got me very excited about the work. And um, then I was able to really jump on board. No, absolutely. I'm there's two things in there I absolutely love. It's the journey and the pain points for between the customers, between employees, and from a military perspective, that's transition right there. It's this huge journey of where you are. You're bridging between two different cultures, the military into the civilian and into the corporate world. What are some of those key pain oh, points so that you many. see in there? <laughs> there's so many, but it's also worth it. You know? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, the culture I, shock. Well, and everything I think else about it um, from a more recent perspective. So I just returned from an active duty mobilization in late October. And so I got to once again, go through that process of leaving active duty and coming back into the civilian world. And I think one of the things that struck me most about it um, was just the, the fact that the military has set up that transition to be very check the box. Um, and I think when you do that, like you ensure that everybody has the lowest common denominator, everybody gets the same trainings, the same transition assistance program, the same, um, you know, support. And you forget that each person is a human, <laughs> you know, they each come with their own issues and they're going to be leaving the military with those issues. Um, and so I think one of the hardest parts about that transition is that you are moving through a process that's very checklist oriented, um, but your life is so much messier than a checklist. And so you really need to be able to look out for yourself and to really build a network around you during that transition that will be able to help you from a human emotional perspective and not just those checks in the box that the military will give you as you transition. No, certainly. It's like you said, it's the lowest common denominator. They're making sure that everybody at least gets a baseline service. But it's that baseline where most people fall through cracks because, like you said, it's the human experience. It's a human transition. So if you were to give one piece of advice for people going either going back through the mobilization period or coming out of the service now, what would that one um, piece be? patience. <laughs> I know that's probably not what, what they want to hear, not what anybody wants to hear, but um, it's going to take a lot of patience. You're going to have to be a lot of pa patience and just diligence and just really look out for yourself. Um, do whatever you can to create a support network around yourself during the process and, you know, be patient with the process and with the systems because you're not going to be able to change them. <laughs> like you alone will not be able to change them. So just do your best to take and squeeze out whatever you can from what's given to you. And then look for others in your life, um, others in your career, in your service that have been there and done that, that can help you. No, certainly. Patience, patience is crucial. And uh, yep. the other piece for you were saying there, it's the network. It's truly who knows you more than anything else that sets you up for seeing that successful transition, seeing 
where you can wind wind up from. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think the network really helped me um, both find that first job and then my network helped me find my next job. (laughs) Um, It's just so important to really ensure that you meet as many people as you can. And then don't be shy to reach out to those people during this time. I mean, that's expected. If you don't already have a LinkedIn account, get yourself a LinkedIn account as soon as possible. Um, You know, that's really important in the civilian world. And it really helps you continue to keep in touch with all of those people that you've, um, you know, encircled around you as part of that network. No, certainly. There's a powerful, powerful effect right there. And that's, that's some great advice for people who are just coming into this, because again, it's, it's scary. It's daunting. You said before, there's so many checkpoints. And even if you check all those boxes, it's not a guaranteed success. And most times it's, it's not. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your time and Look forward to seeing yeah, what comes absolutely. out of the CXPA. <laughs> like you said, the, <laughs> the military has a lot to learn from that, but it's one of those bringing that human factor back into yeah. business and organizations is it's critical to maintain that competitive advantage, to maintain that successful track. is It's the difference maker that remains absolutely. the difference maker, unlike everything else. Thanks. Okay, thanks, and I'll talk to you thanks later. Thanks again for your time today, Bye. Leslie. This was great. Bye. Again, thank you so much for Leslie and her story. We're incredibly grateful to have her on the show. What we set out to do, what we wind up doing, and where we end up rarely match our original intentions in any change effort. Leslie's story mirrors that of many veterans going through the change and transition in civilian life, whether they be officer, enlisted, have served for four years or 20 years. It is also true for any business transformations. Ultimately, though, We learn through what we do. No amount of analytics can account for every outlier result, and the best results, the greatest successes, are often the outliers. When we embark on new journeys, we know where we would like to wind up, but we must be open to adapting and improvising along the way, using the latest information that we gather as we progress. We begin our journeys excited about possibilities and quickly find ourselves in the minutiae of transformation. Each event amounts to a new lesson, and a potential shift in our efforts. Having the patience to work within this ambiguity is crucial for us to move forward proactively. Just the same, even though we don't know everything, we need to figure out as much as possible as we grow. Diligence towards crafting the best course matters. Things work out, but luck is the result of proper preparation. At the same time, our change experience will vary from person to person and is the sum of all of our efforts. We have to do what fits our organization and us. Remaining idle is never ideal because in this changing world, the only thing it is is a surefire way to get left behind. There is life after the military. There is life after every change and transition, but it's up to us to see it through properly. How do we make sure we apply this diligence and patience towards our efforts? It is simply practice and acknowledgement that this is what it takes. No great purposeful change happens overnight, and there's always variables we cannot account for, but we cannot let this discourage us or separate ourselves from our course. Change happens whether we like it or not. Not being proactive about it is a surefire way to get lost. Being proactive about it helps us manage the change, 
manage the effect that it has on our lives immeasurably. But a change effort is never a check the block style effort. First off, no comprehensive checklist will ever fit everyone in every situation. There simply is no common denominator. Every person and situation are different. It's up to us to find our own best practices and continually learn and evolve and grow them. We will all have our oh shit moments where we're about to face the change and realize it's happening. It's normal to be expected. It's not something that we have to let slow us down. In fact, this is something that brings us back into reality and bring us right back into becoming more mindful of the environment that we find ourselves in. Transformation, whether it be business or personal, is a concentrated effort requiring patience and learning from every step of the way. Ultimately, using those lessons to make better future steps. Just the same, it requires our diligence and our mindfulness. We have to try and plan the best that we can and act, but not be so tied to these plans that we cannot accept the fact that they might change and there may be better alternatives out there. I will leave everyone with one idea. Change is everywhere. How we face it as leaders determines our success in navigating it. We continuously have choices to make. Let's make sure we're making the best and most well-informed decisions we can and act accordingly on them. Thank you all for listening. I welcome your comments. You can find me on social media, both Twitter and Facebook at BlueCordMGMT or on LinkedIn, search for BlueCord Management. You can learn more about our training programs and other offerings at BlueCord Management at www.bluecordmgmt.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast service. And as always, we're available on C-Suite Radio at c-suitenetwork.com. Thanks again. I look forward to continuing our journey. Now get out there and make a difference today. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio show, I've got an incredible offer for you. Listeners to this podcast get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You will have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.